Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, shall we pray? In Jesus' name, our Heavenly Father and our God, we thank you. Thank you for whom you are. Thank you for whom you are to us. Thank you for the things you've done and what you're yet doing and what you yet do, even today in our midst. Father, we just yield to you. My tongue, my mouth, my lips, God, my thoughts, my words, I yield everything to you. I say, Father, this is your day. This is your time. This is your thing. Speak to each and every one of us in the language you can understand. As we live here today, Lord, may there be a transformation of relationships, of our lives, of families, of everything. To the end that Jesus will be glorified and our joy shall be full. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. A shout out to all the ushers in this room. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So welcome again to ushers Sunday 2022. We want to thank God for everything that he's doing in this church using these ushers. God is faithful. We thank God for their lives. We thank God for the grace upon their lives. They need it. And God is equal to it. Amen? He doesn't call you without equipping you. When he calls you, he equips you with all the grace you need to do whatever he's called you for. Amen? Praise the Lord. Ushers, we love you. Amen? Our topic for today says, walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. Our text is Ephesians 1, Ephesians 4 verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Amen. So we're seeing that there is a calling. You were called. He says, with the calling with which you were called. So you were called. I was called. Praise God. We were all called. So there is a calling. And in this passage, what are we called to do? We are to walk worthy. Amen. I like the way the TPT translation puts it. They don't have it today. It says to the high calling. It's a high, it says it's a high rank calling. Something like that. So this is not an ordinary calling. It's a high rank calling. Praise the Lord. So that we're going to begin to look at what this whole thing is all about. What does work have to do with us? What is the meaning of this work? And we're going to see that work doesn't just mean walking. It doesn't mean swagger. Like some people, <laughs> I had some young ones talking about, and my neighbor back home, she said, we're trying to keep up with stay to school. Mm. So all these things were coming to my mind. I said, what kind of work? But then, he's talking about our daily conduct, our day-to-day living. How do we live from day to day? You are called. You know, as I was sitting there, it's like <laughs> so many things were happening. It's like the Lord was ministering to me. When you call your child, you don't just say, Amaka, then she comes. You say nothing. Then you call her again, Amaka, Amaka, she comes. You say nothing. You keep calling. She keeps, after, after some time, she'll be wondering, is everything okay with you? When God called you, he has a purpose for calling you. Praise God. 
You need to ask. You ask mommy, why are you calling me? What's the problem? Is there, what's the issue? Is everything okay? So when you are supposed to say, why did he call me? What is God's reason for calling me? He has a purpose for my life. How many of us are even bothered to wonder why God called you? We know it's a privilege to be called by him. We know it's an honor, but do you even wonder why he has called you? Let us look at Ephesians 4 verse 1, using the Amplified. He says, so I the, pri- I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you, he's appealing to you and I, to live a life worthy of the calling. Being called, then it begins to tell us the meaning of living a life worthy of this calling. Because if I went to the dictionary, it might give me something else. But here he gave us the meaning. It says, that is to live a life that exhibits godly character. It does your life exhibit godly character. If it doesn't, you're not working worthy of that call. It means to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, a life that exhibits moral courage, that exhibits personal integrity. A life that is mature, that is significant. It says a life, a mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. And I had that salvation put in capital. Because all the time as I'm preparing this stuff, something keeps coming back and back and back. Salvation. Please help me. God help me with this my gesticulation thing. So, this salvation, so this morning, our brother I know was here. He said, talking about salvation, that at a stage I'll be doing this stuff. And I said, God, my topic is not salvation. It's just like salvation, salvation. But this morning, when he started talking about it, the message that God has for us, just how important is this salvation to you? How important is your salvation to you? Is it more important than other stuff? If you have put it first, what God has done, Something that cost him so much, if you put it first in your life, that this is the main thing, the main reason why I'm here on earth, then you're doing a good job. But if you've not thought about this salvation, begin to think about it. It is huge with God. Let us look at this other translation. Or I can take this one again. It says, live a life that is worthy of your calling. Then here he says it means to live a life that, is, that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God. How many times have you knelt and said, God, I thank you for this salvation? I don't know why I keep going because that is how it kept on coming to me. And this morning was a confirmation. And I'm looking at the meaning of living a life that exhibits moral courage. Moral courage means the ability to stand up for something, to stand up for and practice that which one considers ethical, moral behavior. When faced with a dilemma, when you're faced with a dilemma, a situation where, you know, a difficult choice has to be made, how do you stand? Will you stand to flow with the current or are you going to stand for God, to stand for the truth? That is what it means living a life that is worthy of your calling. A life that exhibits moral courage, even if it means going against countervailing or counteracting pressures to do otherwise. 
even if you're being pressed to do the right thing, to go with the flow, to go with the majority, how do you stand for God? Praise the Lord. So this is the equation when you live here, ask yourself, am I living a life that expresses gratitude to God for my salvation? If you're not, it's probably because you don't understand the meaning of salvation. Or you don't understand what it costs God to give you this salvation. Or you're not even, you don't think you're bad enough to even appreciate what God has done. Salvation may be free to us, but it costs God the best of heaven. It costs him his son. It costs him his son. It might be free to us. It costs God his son. Praise the Lord. So salvation, you need to think every day. Make out time to thank God. When you look at Ephesians 1, 3, it begins to talk about God has blessed us with all, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He didn't leave one. He says all. When he says all, he means all. He chose you. He chose you, picked you up. God predestined you. God, he says, in him, you have your redemption, which is what? The remission, the forgiveness of your offenses, your shortcomings, your trespasses, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. You don't even deserve it, praise the Lord. Do you even think about what salvation caused God? Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. It comes again. Through your faith. And this salvation, he talks again, salvation, it's not of yourself. It's not of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Amen. Let me even read it from message. You know, I like exploring, you know, different translations. You wait for the Holy Spirit to minister, to bring revelation, and at the same time, I'm excited about how this translation, you know, brings down this thing so it can really make a meaning and impression on the people that God wants it to make an impression on. So Ephesians 2, 7 to 10 says, message, it says, now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates, he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Praise the Lord. So salvation is all about God. He's the beginning. He's the end of everything. We have no part to play, even as we begin to enjoy all the dividends that Christ, everything that Christ did on the cross. We remember it is all about God. He started it. And he finished it. Praise the Lord. Colossians 1, 12 to 14. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. Today you are a hair, hair of God and joint here with Christ. And said, somebody qualified you. We're not qualified, but he qualified us 
to share in this inheritance. For he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness. See where he got us from, from the dominion of darkness and has transferred you to the kingdom of his own son, beloved son, in whom you have your redemption because of his sacrifice, resulting in the forgiveness of our sins. It's like it's the best thing. Each of them looks like the best. Forgiveness of your sin, everything, past, present, future. After all, you didn't sin before you were born, but you are a sinner. But see, God has now forgiven every single one of them through this work of redemption and the cancellation of sin's penalty, every penalty. So your life must be a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation, not for the car you bought, the big gigantic house, or all the millions of dollars you just got. No, but for your salvation, praise the Lord. And then when you look at it, you can find that practically all of us, most Christians, were not enjoying the benefits the privileges of this salvation. And when you look deep into it, people, most people are not working hard. They're not having that kind of living, that kind of spiritual life that God has ordained for you to live so you can enjoy all the benefits of this sacrifice, all the privileges. It's about time we woke up and begin to live, walking worthy of our calling, praise the Lord, in whom you have your redemption according to the riches of his grace. You have his love. You have his ability. He actually passed, now we've now passed from, you know, the kingdom of darkness to his own family as his own children. You know, today he was talking about freedom. When that happened, see what was happening. God started looking at us in liberty. We're now free. Like the, the, the child of God here, this son of God was talking this morning about the liberty that we have in Christ. For Christ has made us free. You are now free, free to serve him, to serve one another. Jesus has become your righteousness. I'm talking about salvation. So we have a new birth. And by this new birth, we are now partakers of the divine nature. That means we can stand in front of God before him without any kind of fear, without any shame. Praise the Lord. So, we thank God for this redemption. So, in the mind of God, you are now a new creation because of this redemption. It means sonship. You have all the privileges of sonship. Everything that a son is to him, that is what you are to God. All the privileges, you have them. Do you even recognize it? Do you even know it? Praise the Lord. We are now members of the family of God. Does it mean anything to us? We have the family rights and privileges now, and nothing can stop it. Nothing can interrupt it as long as you're walking in love with God. Praise the Lord. He is love. Amen. So our redemption is from the dominion of the devil, of Satan. When Christ crossed us from, that, from the dead, when Christ got up from that dead, he, the Bible says he shoved off the enemy. He shoved off the kingdom of darkness, and he did what? He ascended into heaven. He did something. He took his own blood before the Father. And it was accepted. And our redemption was a settled thing. Praise the Lord. So now he sat down at the right hand of God. When he sat down, you are also sitting with him. 
by reason of what identification and sharing. And at that time, when he got up, he started, went to heaven, presented his blood. He was accepted. He sat down. You are now the victor. At that moment, you and I became masters of the devil. Amen. When the victory was won, it was won for you. Now you are who? The master over the devil. Amen. I thought somebody would be rejoicing. <clears throat> Satan has been defeated. Amen. You are now his master. Everything that Justin demanded, he did it. It was accomplished. Christ fought for us. And this redemptive work belongs to all of us. We don't need to pray about anything, any work of redemption, any of those privileges. We don't need to pray about them. Everything that, you know, was, he wrote for us on that, you know, cross. You don't need to seek for it. You don't need to believe for it. Why? It's all yours. Praise the Lord. It is all yours already. Amen. It is all yours. As I was reading this, I came across this Philippians. I said, you know, this is another aspect of our inheritance. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. It says, in nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God in all things. I, just, I was looking at two things here. It says, in nothing be anxious. In everything, two things. Nothing, everything. In nothing, no anxiety. Say, so be not anxious in nothing, in anything. But in everything, just make your request known. Unto God. And what happens? His peace floods your life. Praise the Lord. And begins to guide your heart. Guides your thoughts. In Christ Jesus. Amen. So the problem is that we don't even know what redemption means to the Father. If only you knew what this redemption means to your Abba Father. What he intended it to mean to do for you. Then, every day you wake up, you say, I'm free. You have nothing to worry about because he said, don't deal. Amen? Yes, that's who you are. That's when you are redeemed. Satan's dominion over our life is ended. No more. He's no longer, he's no longer reigning. I will never reign over you again. We're not just the redeemed of the Lord, but the moment we came into his family, like I said, you became the master, the master. Satan's master. It sounds so good, right? Hmm. Amen. God is an awesome God. All power, every power. That's why I said every power in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He's with you. Every second. In his name, he's with you. In the word of God, he's with you. By the presence of the Holy Spirit, God is always with us. Amen. Okay, let's go back to Ephesians 4.1. Amen. And I want to ask again. Is your life worthy of this calling with which God has called you? You know, Andrew Womack, I remember, I wasn't you to mention him, I don't know. He was talking about, it was your life, actually, express gratitude for your salvation to God. So he, was, he started talking, he said, if Christians are to be arrested and they come in here now, how many of you have enough evidence to be arrested as a child of God? How many of us will have enough evidence to be arrested most of us will not be arrested because we don't have enough evidence to be called a child of God. That is so awful. Whenever he says that I laugh, that is the truth. How many of us have enough evidence 
you know, living a life that is worthy of the high call that you've been called. Ephesians 2. We're going to Ephesians 2. Verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, his own master, master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set. Says, you are his workmanship, his own masterwork that he's proud of, stands to be displayed. You're being displayed. You're reborn from above. Have you ever thought about it? You're spiritually transformed. Have you ever talked about the meaning of being spiritually transformed, being renewed, it says, ready to be used. God has made you, packaged you, ready to be used of him. Amen? For good works, which has already prepared for you, for me, beforehand. And that we are to take the paths which God has set before us. And why? So that we would walk in them. Then he says, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. He took time to package you designed for something to do the good works with which he has called you, thereby walking worthy of this calling. Amen. Let us look at the classical, amplified classic. It says, um, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Why? That we may do those good works which God predestined for you to do. That's already something God has mapped out for you to do in this, your journey. As a Christian, do you even take time to think about why you're here today? Amen. Do we do that? You already prearranged it and made it ready, this work for us to do. They don't have TPT. TPT says, before you were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works which we will do to fulfill it. God has already planned your destiny. It's not about making trillions of dollars or building skyscrapers or everything. No. Good works. Working with him. Co-laborers. Working with God. You already planned, pre-planned your destiny. And he wants you to walk this walk so that your destiny will be fulfilled. Do you want to fulfill that destiny? Do you want to fulfill your destiny? Do you want to? Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> I need you to say Yes, I can know that you're not sleeping. So God has prepared us to walk in his will. Not doing our own thing the way we want it, whenever we want it. No, do it according to the will of God. When pastor stopped today, um, the, the young guy from leaving, he wanted to continue to praise God. I said, God, you see, thank you. This is what we're asking for. God, you can just close us without someone. After blessing us, prevailing in praise and worship or any aspect. And we live. But let your perfect will alone be done here. Any way you want it, any shape you want to, this program today to take. And so I wasn't surprised when God did what we asked him to do. Amen? So he has prepared you to walk in his will. His ability has given us his ability. He has given us his, his, his strength. is at our disposal. Praise God. All the good things that he would have us perform are waiting. He cannot ask you to do something you cannot do. If God has prepared for you to do this thing, has already equipped you 
all the good deeds that are within your own limits. They can't give you something you're not capable of doing. He expects us to pray. How many times do we pray for the senior pastor, for the wife, for the family, for the pastors, for God's children, their families, all of you? Do you take time to pray for one another? It's a good word that he has prepared for you to do about the day service, about what is going on in the nation. Because he says the nations of this world have become the nations of God and of his Christ, and he shall reign. Do you take and say, God, the gospel must reach every nook and cranny. The gospel, Christ must reign. Christianity will not dwindle. For the nations of this world have become your nation and of your Christ, and he will reign. Christ, have you even taken time to pray that God would reign, Christ would reign in these nations? Because they're his. Amen? He expects, he expects us to pray. It is part of the good work. He expects us to witness to the unsaved something very dear to his heart. How much do you do that to witness for the unsaved ones in your family, your friends, in the neighborhood, your workplace? These are the good work. To walk in love. To walk in the light of his word. And be a blessing to people around you. Praise the Lord. Your conduct is, this our conduct is all about the commandment he gave us. The only commandment he gave to the New uh, Testament Christians that will love one another. It's not just you loving yourself and everything about you. No, it's going outside, out of the box, and loving people around you, showing that by the way you pray for them, shows how you care for them. Praise the Lord. Colossians 2, 6 to 7 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him. Walk in union with Christ. You need to reflect. It's reflecting his character in the things you do and say. The things we say. The things we do. Think about it. Do they reflect the character of Christ? Every day before you say something or do something, think about it. What I'm going to say or do now to my spouse, to my parents, to my pastor, to my sister in the Lord, to my friends. Does this reflect the character of Christ? Reflecting character. His character in the things you do and say. Living lives that lead others away from sin. And when they see you, they stop sinning. Having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him. Praise the Lord. So the ERV, easy to read version, says you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord. As what? Lord. Because some of us, he might be your master. He might be your Lord. Is he your, ma your master? How do they put it? But you need him to be both the Lord and the master of your life. You've accepted him like that. So continue to live following him. You must depend on Christ only drawing life and strength from him. Where do you draw your life and your strength? It has to be from him. Just as you were taught the truth, continue to grow stronger in your understanding of it and never stop giving thanks to God. He always brings it in. And you know why? Because of your salvation. Praise the Lord. The message Bible says, leave him. It doesn't say live like him. Leave him. Leave Christ. Paul said to live is Christ. To die is gain. To live is Christ. And this is what the message is telling us. To live Christ. Live, L-I-V-E, him. You see what he's saying? Live Christ. It's like what Paul was telling us there. That to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
First Thessalonians 2, 11 to 12. For you know that we are exalting and encouraging and imploring each one of you, just as a father does in dealing with his own children, guiding you to live lives of honor, of moral courage and personal integrity. It comes up again. Worthy of God who saves you and calls you into his own kingdom. Amen. So let us look at Philippians 1, 27 to 30 message. It says, meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit, a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. In other words, eye service is not allowed in this calling that you've been called. No eye service, no hero worshiping. No. No running to do stuff because the senior pastor is coming or one other pastor is coming or because your boss is coming. No. He says you have just have to continue to live, you know, exam, you know, showing, reflecting the character of Christ. Praise the Lord. Not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. They're up against the feet. Praise the Lord. So you begin to say, how do I even walk worthy? What, what does this mean? What do they, what does God need? It, it includes everything, the way you think, the way you talk, the way, the deeds, your deeds, how you serve. Ushers includes how you serve. How you serve in this church, how you serve in your ministries, people, how you serve in your various ministries. Let us look at verse 2, Ephesians. We're still looking at verse 2, Ephesians 4. It begins to explain. Walking worthy. It begins to leave some characteristics of walking worthy. Let's look at verse 2, ERV. It says, always be humble. That's the first thing that came up. Always means always. Always be humble. And I'm looking out. I'm looking out for more things to explain what this humility is. It says, meek, low-ranking, or showing a modest low estimate of one's own importance. Don't go there being puffed up, lifting yourself, carrying yourself like one God. He says, no, always, always means always. Humble is humble. Praise the Lord as you serve the Lord. In this calling that you've been called, how do you serve God? What do you, what does he expect of you? To walk humbly, always be humble. That's what he's telling you today. So some of us need to do a rethink. I'm beginning to back, go back on memory lane. How am I doing it? How did I do it? Have a rethink and begin to go God's way so that you will enjoy all those benefits of salvation. Amen? It bothers God. He wants you to enjoy all his inheritance. He says, always be humble, gentle, and gentle. When somebody is gentle, it doesn't mean that they are weak. No. It just means like the world will also say, you know, um, strength under control. And as I went, it says, having or showing a mild, kind, tender temperament or character. As you deal with fellow members in the church, what are you showing? The, 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 your pride, the arrogance, what you are, whatever it is, but what God wants is this, humility. 
gentility, gentle spirits, moderate in action, in effect or degree, not harsh or severe. He wants you to be patient with each other. How much, many of us, before somebody says one thing, want to snap up their ears. And yesterday in that family forum, pastor, thank you, sir. He wants us to talk about this listening communication. Some of us need, help, need to learn how to make, be patient with each other. Even when they are speaking contrary to what you think, to what actually happened, you need to be patient. Praise the Lord. Whatever it is you're asking from God, patience is a very important virtue when it comes to receiving from God. Amen? Making allowance for each other's faults. And I was saying, why would I have to make allowance? You see it now. Others are making allowance for your own fault. We're not perfect. So we need to make allowance. I don't know why she did this. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I don't know why he came the way he came after me. But maybe he's having a bad day. You make allowance. Oh, you know, she's going through a lot. I understand. Making allowance for each other's fault. For you have your own fault too. Why? Because of your love. He says, because of your love. Praise God. That is why he has called you to live worthy of all this, of his calling, with which he has called you. Walk worthy is your response to what God has done for you. Amen? Are you walking worthy? That is your response to this great work of salvation. Colossians 3, 16 to 17 I read from here, you still don't have um, TPT, right? It says, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word, check it, every activity of your life and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Think about that. And bring your constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. There again, it talks about salvation. Amen. If the word of God dwells richly in you, Christ is dealing, dwelling richly in you. Because you cannot separate Christ from his word, right? If you don't know how, it's okay, when you allow the word of God to dwell richly in you, he himself is dwelling richly in you. When the word dwells in you, then that word gains control of your whole being. As the word of God gains control of you, your tongues, your activities, your thinking, everything, it is Christ that is taking ascendancy in you. Praise the Lord. It's the ascendancy of Christ, the lordship of Christ. Once you allow the word of God to dwell in you richly, you see him. His ascendancy is now in your life. It takes ascendancy. Praise God. So the lordship of the word, the lordship, letting the word of God take dominion, dominate you, dwell richly in you, is just the same thing as allowing Jesus to do that. Amen. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2 says, Therefore become imitators of God, copy him, and follow his example. As well, beloved children imitate their father and walk, again, continually in love. Walk continually in love. That is, value one another 
practice empathy. Put yourself in somebody else's shoe and see if you can see that thing from the same point of view. Your perspective will change because you're now seeing it from their perspective. When your husband is angry or your parents or your children or your friend, your neighbor, your boss for what you've done and you're there blowing that smoke, I want to dare do that. I have, think, just put yourself in their shoes and see if you're not going to react, react even worse than they did. Amen. So I just want to ask, you know, you husbands, just as Christ has loved us, he says, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice of God slain for you so that it becomes a sweet fragrance. That is what he's asking us to do. That's way. That's why you have to live continually in love. You know, some time ago, I was, I was in this project. I learned that children, as early as 18 months, these children begin to practice altruism. Altruism is the belief or practice of being disinterested in your own stuff and your selfless concern for the well-being of others. I was thinking, children, sure. and then they gave an example. You see your little child, when they're like 18 months, check, something drops from you. The child is looking at it, looking at you. Once you make a move, they crawl fast and pick it up. They don't mean to be a nuisance. It's out of their game, empathy and altruism. I said, no wonder God wants us to be like children, to put the interest of your sister, your brother, your parents, whoever, before your own interest, like those little kids. Praise the Lord. He wants us to be children of love. We're to walk in love as Christ walked in love towards the world. The world, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Jesus so loved that he gave his own life. You will so love that you will not even care again, no matter what the criticism is or persecution, you will keep loving. May God bring us to that place of that agape love in Jesus' name. Verses 8 to 11. It says, for once you were darkness. Before you got born again, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. He says, walk as children of light. Some of us, we have this recreated spirit in us. But we still take, you know, process life with the old self, the old mentality, renewing our mind. We've not done it. But you have the new, the recreated spirit right there with you, inside of you. You need to walk accordingly. Amen. You cannot put on that, uh, it says, how do you put wine in an old Put new wine into an old skin. It's going to burst. You can have this new created spirit in you. And you're still handling things. Thinking about your spouse, your children, your friends, your brethren. The way you used to when you're an unbeliever. You need to get up and begin to do your mind. Praise the Lord. Light produces everything that is good. Walk as children of life. It means getting God's approval in all you do, in all you say. Amen. He says we must not participate in the worthless. And again, I miss something. Verse 10 says, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord. And letting your lifestyle, your lifestyle, how you live, the things you do, let it be an example of what is most acceptable to God. Then he gives us the reason. Then he gives us the explanation. Your behavior, expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. So this is what your life, your lifestyle should be all about. No longer participating in the worthless, unproductive deeds of darkness. Amen. You have the recreated spirit. Walk like it. Amen. 
verse 15 says, therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, living life with purpose, living life with courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Praise the Lord. I'm going to scroll and go fast, fast too. So I want to ask husbands, go and walk in love with your wife. Even though you've called her disrespectful, show her love and tell us the results. Wives, go and show love and respect to the husband you call undeserving, unloving, and tell us the story, the results. Children, go and show love and respect to your parents, annoying parents, provocative parents. Show them love, walk in love, and tell us the results. And parents, you should show that child love. Show that child love. That one you call disobedience, and tell us the results. You know why? Love never fails. When you go in love, if you failed everything, love can break the hardest bone. Love can crack through the biggest, no matter how big the mountain, no matter how high, love can pull it down. Show love. Go back to that boss and tell us the result. You know why? God says love never fails. If you've tried it, you'll see that love has never failed you. It has never failed you. But if you haven't, go and try on your spouse, on your child, on your parents, on that boss, on other sisters, and tell us the results. Amen. Where we read this morning, the First Corinthian love Bible passage, we use the plain English version. We see what love does to people. You can do all you want to do for God. If you don't love people, it's a wasted labor. You can give yourself, offer sacrifices, use yourself as, if you don't love that person, that love, that work, whatever it is you're giving to God, you can give him a trillion dollars. If you don't love people, it's a wasted level. It is very important. You are an offspring of love. God is love. The Lord will help us to renew our minds. Go back and look at what love is not. And begin to meditate so that this love of God, this agape kind of love, will begin to take ascendancy, the lordship of that love in our marriages, in our relationships with our spouse, with our parents, with our children, with our neighbors, with sisters and brothers. Love them. Agape love has no time for anger, for jealousy, for finding, keeping record of accounts. No. It just keeps loving. Praise the Lord. And this love, you have the ability to do it. God gave it to you. Like I said, he will always equip you. He won't ask you to love agape way if he doesn't, hasn't put that love in your heart. Romans 5.5 5 says, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. He has shed, those of us that still love King James, he shed his love abroad. In our hearts, time has come. We'll stop being students and begin to practicalize, begin to live practically what God wants us to do, to live it out. We're the new creation. We have recreated spirits. We have the love nature of God. 
what love does not do does not exist. You know that slang, right? This recent one, what God cannot do doesn't exist. And I say what love does not, cannot do does not exist. Because that is what the word of God says. It says love never fails. So what love cannot achieve does not exist. Amen? I'm not saying it the word of God. It says love never fails. Love never fails. So whatever it is you want to do in your relationship, walk in love. Show that love. Love will never fail. Amen? Let us look at Colossians 1. The book of Colossians, we've moved from Ephesians. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 1, 9 to 14. I'm using the Amplified. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about it, we have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, with insight into his purposes for your life, and in understanding of spiritual things. But why? So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord displaying admirable character, moral courage, personal integrity, to fully please him in all things. Then, see the reward, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. And now you have a deeper faith, clearer insight, fervent love for his precepts, his word. We pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power according to his glorious might to attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. You will need it someday as you serve the Lord in various capacities. Even as a mother, as a father, as a husband, whatever you are, we need that endurance. We need to attain it. We need to attain that patience and we need to do it with joy. When we're passing through stuff, we need to do it with joy. Then it comes back to giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. Are you not? If you win a trillion dollars, you have an inheritance, you're happy. But this one should make you dance more to scatter your leg for ground, like Pastor Victor will say, amen? Ah, you are God's people in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn you to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his son, the son of his love, in whom we have our redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Praise the Lord. So you can see what Colossians, walking worthy here, apart from the one we saw in Ephesians, being humble and gentle, here it begins to tell us what does walking worthy means of the Lord in this translation he says the first is that you walk worthy of the Lord by being fruitful in every good work. John 15, 4, when you look at it, it says, in, in TPT, it says, for you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. That is life union. That is the, what makes it possible. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine, are you still being attached? Walking worthy means you begin to bear fruit. Fruits unto good works. Then it says, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, 
Fruitfulness will begin to stream from within you, from within you. When you live separated from me, you are powerless. Bearing fruits, it's just a phrase to describe the outward actions that result from the inward condition of your heart. Praise the Lord. He is a source of life. You bear fruit because he's pouring into you his life every day. So this is the reality of the whole thing, our union with Christ. Yeah. No branch can be closer to the other, to the vine, than the other branches. We are close to him. That is the perfect union illustration, our union with him. That's how close he's pouring into us day by day. Amen? And the second way to walk what is increasing, uh, it says, Increasing in the knowledge of God. We walk worthy of the Lord by increasing the knowledge of God that you may walk and live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God. How do you get it? It's not by watching TV, giving 16 hours of the day to TV, no. It's by going to that word, pull it out, get excited whenever you want to study. I remember back home, once I have my deck, I, I, if I'm, after, when, I'm, I'm, when I'm done with market, I don't want to take a taxi. You know that's village because you still have to stop and walk. I'd rather walk from the market and I'm so excited, I'm dancing. You know what I'm looking forward to? My deck. That was the first time I got the deck Bible. Oh, I can't wait to see what it's going to say. The word of God begins to make you jump. You're excited. You want to see what it says about this particular situation or what God has for you. You have to bear fruit, bear, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in your knowledge of God. That's what Paul is telling you. Walking what it means preserving. You have to persevere with patience and joy. If you're walking worthy of the Lord, you learn how to do what? Persevere with patience and do it in joy, whatever you're passing through. It means giving thanks to God. As we walk worthy of the Lord, giving thanks to him in every situation, praise the Lord. That is what it is, walking worthy. Look at what Colossians tells us. In Colossians 5, it's 13 to 26. I'm trying to pick where I will read. So it says, and then today, we know we're all called to serve, right? Everyone is called to serve. I better get the scripture. Everyone is called to do what? To serve, but we're not serving in the same capacity. We have various ways, various gifts, various talents. You're called to serve. In 1 Peter 4, 7, it says, but the end, of, uh, the end and culmination of all things has now come near. Keep sound-minded and self-restrained and alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. Above all things, it says, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. He begins to talk about practicing hospitality and everything you need to do. Whoever speaks, you speak, you know, in the power that God has given to him, the grace, whatever he has given to you, you are called to serve. But what do you do with it? You use it to serve each other. It's for him. It's for the church. It's for the body. It's for other sisters. It's not for you. You are called to serve. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm going to end this thing with two stories. You know when, um, first of all, I want to read one, something before I go to the other story. When a man asked George Mueller the secret of his service, 
Muller responded, there was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Muller, his opinions, his preferences, his taste, his will. I died to the world, its approval or censure, died to the approval or blame, even of my brethren and friends. And since then, I have studied to show myself approved only unto God. Praise the Lord. Then you got born again. You died to all the stuff. So begin to study to show yourself approved unto God, only him, and walk in line with the calling with which he has called you. Amen. You know, the poor woman, the widow, gave her little coin. And Jesus said, this woman gave out of her everything. Others, those rich people were going out of their excess. She gave out of all she has. Praise the Lord. No matter how little that service do with all your heart is acceptable to him. You've been called to serve. And finally, remember the woman that came where Jesus was reclined in one of the houses of those Pharisees. I don't know, but he was reclining. The woman came in with an alabaster cruise of oil, expensive perfume. She poured out, poured it on his head. She wiped his feet with her hair. She gave her very best. And others said, why? This is a total waste. Why would you use a year's wage and just pour it on him? Jesus said, leave this woman. She has done well. She said, wherever the gospel is preached today, what she has done will be coupled with her name. I don't know who is criticizing you. You're giving your best to God. You're, 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 you're serving him the best way you know to. You know what? That's always a Judah. One of us, one of your own group there will begin to criticize you. Let me tell you something today. Serve God with all you have. Let your service be your worship of God. And God says, she has done well. He has done well. And what he has done, she has done, will be coupled whenever the gospel is preached. Serve him with all of you. Let your service be your worship. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Shall we pray? In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Your word has gone forth. You always do what you will it to do. Do that in our hearts. Do that today and let it be permanent. Total transformation of our lives as we walk worthy of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.